What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we will be going over the NBA slate of games. Nine games of Saturday, October 22nd, 2022. A nine-game slate for the evening's games. A bunch of pretty good games, some surprising losses, in particular the Philly loss to the, the, to the Spurs. That, that was probably the biggest loss, I think. In terms of the shock factor, we had some potential playoff matchups in Cleveland, Chicago, Memphis, Dallas. Those two games were probably the most shocking results in terms of it could have been way closer than anticipated. We expected some fireworks, but uh, not so much for some of those teams. And we'll get into all that and more. NBA weekend action coming to you guys right here, right now. Without any further ado, let's get into the weekend's games, the beginning of the weekend's games. So the Spurs versus Sixers, that's the game that I want to highlight first for the simple fact that this game marks the third straight loss by the Sixers to start the season. They're 0-3 on the season, and despite a monster 40-point performance from Joel Embiid, who clearly he must have been listening to my podcast because... He heard me saying last time that James Harden was the best player on the 76ers, and he was he did not want that to be the case. So clearly, you know, it's my my due to my part that Joel Embiid had his monster game, but it didn't matter, right? It did not matter for the Spurs. They are looking like a team that they're not going to make the playoffs. They also don't want to tank, so. They're in this weird limbo area where they're trying to win games, and it makes sense under a Greg Popovich scheme. Like, they're a team that's always going to be one of the best coasts in the league. They still need to work on being as disciplined as possible, especially considering the Spurs' history. If some of these young guys, Trey Jones, starting point guard position, um, Devin Vassell, he still has to grow. Jeremy Sohan, their pick from this year's draft. They have a lot of young dudes on this roster. And they'll grow with time. They have lots of talent and potential, but they aren't the veteran guys that the Spurs are used to having. Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell combined for 43 points for the Spurs. Those are the two high guys for the team. Trey Jones, 17. Jacopo, 13 points. 14 for Doug McDermott, who essentially was the biggest factor as he hit four late threes to help the Spurs overcome the 76ers. It was a big night for him, just showing that he's still one of the premier shooters in the NBA, despite coming into San Antonio in a relatively smaller market, right, compared to some of the other places that he's been, like a Chicago, for example. But he's still a shooter, still a sniper, and on this team, any given night, the Spurs can take advantage of a team that kind of looks lost out there right now, the Philadelphia 76ers, right? Like I mentioned before, Joel had a monster night, 40 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks on the evening. 
James Harden almost had the opposite effect of what I thought would have happened when I said he's having all-NBA all-star performance. He ended the game 12 points on 4 of 18 shooting, 1 of 6 from 3. Still had 12 assists, so he was still contributing despite the point total not being what we're accustomed to seeing so far this season. Tyrese Maxey, though, 25 points, 6 assists. This is kind of what I'm, I'm expecting from him on a night-in, night-out basis because he has the talent. He has the ability, the handle, the speed, the shot-making touch and ability to be a 20-plus point per game scorer. And Tobias Harris tipped in 15, 6 of 11, 3 of 6, steady presence. He'll give you 15-plus every night. At least he should. But for the rest of the roster, man, Three points for P.J. Tucker, eight points for George Niang, two points for Daniel House. Zero from Harrell, zero from Thibel, zero from D'Anthony Melton. You can't have that. Yes, the Spurs are playing pretty good defense, but at the same time, offensively, you have your big three, big four, whatever you want to call it, doing their thing. But especially once you get into playoff time, you got to have contributions from the other guys on the roster. That's how you win in the NBA. Can't just be the stars. It's a team effort. It's a team game. As a result, you got to show up, show out. Next up on the slate, the Boston Celtics took on the Orlando Magic. And the Celtics were victorious in a 126-120 victory. This game was one of the many games that will happen in this season where Jason Tatum, he's, his MVP campaign has been continuing. All right, 40-point night for Jason Tatum. 40 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks. He shot 14 of 21 from the field, scorching hot, 66%, 40% from 3, and 8 of 9 from the free throw line. Jason Tatum is showing that he is one of the top players in the NBA, one of the best forwards in the NBA, all-NBA first-team player, potential MVP candidate, my MVP pick for the 2022-2023 NBA season. And the Celtics, man, they're on a roll. They're on a roll defensively. That's that's the thing. Although the points holder might not show this game, they get stops when they need to. I think that's the formula for success with deep playoff runs for any team. No matter how well you can score, if you can't defend the opposing team, you're not going to make it far in the playoffs, man. This is how it's been since the dawn of time. Although Jalen Brown didn't have the best night shooting 12, having 12 points, 4 of 16. The one for six from three-point range. It was actually Derek White who stepped up for 27 points, 10 of 17 from the field, 5 of 9 shooting. Derek White acquisition last year around the trade deadline for the Celtics. He was a key part of their finals run, especially when he got hot from three during that series against Milwaukee and then Miami. If he can continue shooting at a high clip, this team will be very hard to stop come postseason time. Grant Williams also shipped in 13. Brogdon had 13 and 4 off the bench. That's what you love to see from the Celtics squad. On the Orlando side of things, a close game. Paolo Bancaro had 23 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Franz Wagner shipped in 18. Terrence Ross, 29 points, 11 of 16, 5 of 8. Great night for him shooting the ball. Very efficient. One of the better shooting guard scorers in the league. He's always been a bucket since... His time in Toronto, he's always been the guy that you can give the ball to and say, all right, go get a bucket. Next game up, Indiana Pacers took on the Detroit Pistons. Pacers were able to win this matchup, 124-115. to Indiana snapped a 12-game losing streak. 
dating back to last season to beat the Pistons. And in this one, it was Tyrese Halliburton, man. He was the catalyst for this game. He helped seal the deal with two big threes late. Two off-the-dribble threes when he got a switch with a big on him. He was able to go to work on the perimeter, step back three, sidestep. He was able to get his shot off, knock them down with confidence. Again, he's a dude that's on the rise in the Eastern Conference. His stock is going all the way up. Although some people may have questioned the initial trade for Sabonis to get Tyrese Halliburton. If you're going to talk about rebuilding and you need a point guard, I don't think there's too many other players outside of Tyrese Halliburton that you would want as your point guard of the future. 24 points, 10 assists, 5 steals. You can't ask for nothing else. You cannot ask for anything better. Rookie Benedict Matherin, another great scoring night for him in his third game of his young NBA career. 27 points, 7 boards, 2 assists, 10 of 18 from the field, 5 of 8 from the 3-point range, 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Got it done at all three levels. He'll be entered into that starting lineup sooner than later. And once he does, man, one of the top young backcourts in the league will be the Indiana Pacers. On the Detroit spectrum, 22 points from Cade Cunningham, 17 and 10 from Jaden Ivey, 20 points from Sadiq Bay. The entire starting lineup scored in double digits as well as Corey Joseph with 10 off the bench. But they didn't have enough firepower or the defensive prowess to be able to stop Indiana from winning their first game of the season. First win since 12 games back, back in March of the last season. Next game, Houston Rockets took on the Milwaukee Bucks. This game was highlighted by a monster night by Giannis Antetokounmpo top player in the NBA. He had 44 points, 12 rebounds on a blistering hot 17 of 21, 80 plus percent from the field, two for three from three point range, eight of 13 from the line. He couldn't be stopped. He's going to have to be mentioned in the MVP conversation. We want to talk about the younger guys like Tatum, Luca, Ja, but Giannis is still that dude. He's the best player in the NBA for a reason, according to Many experts, including myself, he has to be one of the dudes that's in that conversation just because of what he can do on a night-in, night-out basis on both ends of the floor. There aren't too many people in the league that can impact the both sides of winning like Giannis Antetokounmpo does. Drew Holiday chipped in 19, 8-15 from the field. Grayson Allen, 11 points. Bobby Porter, 13 off the bench. Great team effort, team win. And they came out firing on all cylinders, man. 41 points by the Bucks in the first quarter, and they never looked back from there. Houston got blitzed, and on the Houston side of things, 22 points by Jalen Green, team high, 18 by Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Martin Jr. had 14, and Jabari Smith still struggling from the field, shooting 13, having 13 points on 5 of 15 shooting. Tari Easton tipped in 11 points off the bench. He might be able to start at some point over Kenyon Martin Jr., just because of his defensive tenacity and ability, but it'll be something that we have to keep an eye on with Houston, who will certainly be in that tanking race for sure with other teams like San Antonio for the number one pick. Another game with some playoff implications this time, Miami versus Toronto. Miami secured their first win of the season after a scrappy game from the Toronto Raptors. They had a scuffle 
late in the contest. And it was kind of like, all right, who's who's going to who's going to come out on top now? It was a very chippy game from start to finish, which is to be expected from Miami Heat team, who's always pretty pretty tough, right? A, a pretty tough team in terms of mentality. Toronto as well, they're not to be messed with. But for the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler had 24 points on the evening, team high for him. Max shoots off the bench, hit some key shots for 20 points, 8 of 14 from the field. For the Raptors, a 23-9-8 game. For Pascal Siakam, showing that he could fill up the stat sheet at an all-star caliber level. Gary Trent Jr. also with 23 points. Saudi Barnes only 11 points on the evening. 13 minutes due to an injury. X-rays came back negative on the ankle injury, so it'll be good to see him come back once he's available to see what he can do to impact the game. His presence may have been the reason why the Raptors ultimately lost having 11 points just in the first 13 minutes of his play. Russia's true also chipped in 18 points. This could be a fun playoff matchup, a fun 4-5, 4-5 matchup in the Eastern Conference. I can easily see that happening, and this would be a seven-game series. Both teams are talented. Both teams are well-coats, have depth, have some stars in their roles. Stars, all-star caliber players with Jimmy Butler and Pascal Siakam in particular. I would love to see this matchup in the playoffs of the 4-5 game. Would be one one of the more interesting ones. Another potential playoff matchup. Maybe this will be the 3-6 matchup. Cleveland versus Chicago. Although in this game, it, it looks like it won't be a very long series at all if the Cavs play this way against the Chicago Bulls. Cleveland won 128-96, to a complete route, blowout, all the, all the phrases you can use to describe, describe a complete dominating performance. Cleveland had six players in double figures as they cruised past the Chicago Bulls. Donovan Mitchell led the way with 32 points, 14 for Karis LeVert. Evan Mobley chipped in 16. And you had Kevin Love off the bench with 15, Teddy Osmond with 15. Robert, no, Robin, excuse me, Robin Lopez off the bench with 12 points himself. For Chicago, DeMar DeRozan finally decided to come back down to earth for one day. Probably won't happen again, but he only had 13 points, 3 of 9 from the field, 7 of 7 from the free throw line. Zach Levine was able to come in 23 points for 9 of 17 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3-point range. Vucevic had... 16, but the rest of the squad, rest of the starters and the rest of the team did not get into double figures. Going back to Donovan Mitchell for one second, Donovan Mitchell, since coming to Cleveland, has been on a tear. No Cavalier has opened the season with back-to-back 30-point games. Not even LeBron James, not even some of the Cleveland greats that have played, the, the Mark Prices of the world, Brad Doughty, Kyrie Irving. None of them have had back-to-back 30-point games in their season opening games. First two, until Donovan Mitchell. He had 31 points in his season debut, 32 points last night against the Chicago Bulls. And this is a guy, right, we've seen what he did in Utah for the amount of time that he was there. A dude that in the playoffs, he goes from a all-star kind of all-star, okay, are you, are you a little bit better than what you are? Are you a little bit overrated because the team runs – they're often primarily through you and Rudy Gobert. So a guy in the playoffs who was like, is this the next Dwayne Wade? 
that's how stark the difference is between playoff Donovan Mitchell and regular season Donovan Mitchell. And right now he's showing you that, all right, I'm in a new situation with Cleveland. I have a star's backcourt with myself and Darius Garland, who didn't play due to that eye injury he sustained in the opening game. But star backcourt, young Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, a young team all around with veteran presence sprinkled throughout. This is a team that can contend in the East. And Donovan Mitchell is saying, all right, I'm the dude who's going to be an all-star. I want to be all-NBA this season. Show the world that it wasn't just a system I was in Utah that made me an all-star, a top 25 player in this league. And in the playoffs, he is what the Cavs lacked last year. They ultimately did not make the playoffs. Lost in the play-in, but what Donovan Mitchell brings is a dude that he can get the ball late. He will be able to create, and he won't have to create everything, mind you. Darius Garland is an elite facilitator of the basketball, as well as a dude that can score off the dribble, get his own shot at will. So when you combine those two, alongside Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and the bevy of veterans that the Cavs have. You have to consider this team as a threat to come out the East, a dark horse for sure when you consider Milwaukee, Boston, Brooklyn, Philly. But Cleveland can easily make it to the conference final because of the amount of talent that they have. And when you have Donovan Mitchell in your squad and he's not the dude that has to do everything, oh my gosh. The, the, the performances that we are getting ready to witness during this upcoming postseason from Donovan Mitchell, it'll, it'll be 40s, 40, 30s or better every night. He'll have some 30-point games, 40 nights, 50-point nights at some point if it requires it. Donovan Mitchell, man, one of the best playoff performers in the league today. And I have no doubt that Cleveland has the chance to go far in this upcoming NBA playoffs. Next up, we have the Dallas Mavericks versus Memphis Grizzlies. Another potential playoff game. But, again, it did not look like it. <laughs> Dallas blew out the Grizzlies 137-96. to This game was highlighted by Luka Doncic. He came out the gates firing from everywhere. 21 points in the first quarter by Luka Doncic. He ended the game with 32 seven rebounds and 10 assists. What this come down to really is just Dallas did not want to miss. Like they were, they were shooting 43% on the 44%, excuse me, on the night from three point range, 50% from the field. They were just hot. They couldn't be stopped. Pick and pop by Christian Wood. A bunch of dudes were just getting their shots. Um, Tim Hardaway of 16 points on the evening, 15 for Spencer Dinwiddie. And most importantly, their defense on the Grizzlies, right? John Morant, he came off a night with 49. He had a relatively quiet night, 6 of 12, 0 of 2 from three-point range, four assists, relatively quiet night by John Morant's standards at this point in his career, 14 for Bain. And then you had Tyus Jones with 10 off the bench, Roddy with 12 points. The team really couldn't get to their offense the way they have been the last two games. I think Dallas's defense, which was a top five defense last year, has shown that they can step it up when it's needed. And holding Memphis to 17 points in the first quarter, 19 points in the second quarter, that's a huge indicator of what this Dallas team can be. Because we all know Luka Doncic, similarly how I mentioned Donovan Mitchell in the playoff series, 
is a problem. Luka, in a seven-game series, there aren't too many people in the NBA that I would take over Luka Doncic in a playoff series. Next game, Denver took on Oklahoma City, and Denver was victorious in a 112, excuse me, 122-117 victory. Denver, they were at home. They celebrated Nikola Jokic's second straight MVP trophy. Two-time MVP is rare air and back-to-back at the same time. That's hard to do. So congratulations to Nikola Jokic. This game, Nikola Jokic also tied Wilt Chamberlain for sixth all-time in triple-doubles with his 78th of his career. Showing just how dominant Nikola Jokic is, arguably the best big man in the game right now, along with Joel Embiid. He can do it all, and he certainly did do it all in this game. As Like I said, he had a triple-double, ended the game with twenty, excuse me, 19 points, 13 assists, 16 rebounds, 6 of 10 from the field, 101 from three-point range. Perfect from three-pointer. And the entire starting lineup for Denver scored double digits. Jamal Murray had 16, 4 and 5, and a roar of applause, approval from the fans in Denver, obviously, as they're seeing Jamal Murray back, who they believe if they were healthy last year, they could have been had a way better record. And the playoffs may have been totally different had Denver had their squad. They could have knocked out potentially Golden State team. Who knows what could have happened after that. For OKC, they're 0-2 on the season. Shea tipped in 28 points. John Skitty, 19 points. And Mike Muscala, Trey Mann, come up with 31 points on that bench unit. But again, just lack of talent by OKC. Lack of veteran leadership that they they don't really have that yet. They're in a rebuilding position. They're going to keep rebuilding. They'll probably end up being one of the worst teams in the league. We understand that Shea goes against Shea Gilgus Alexander is a pure scorer. He can do so much, do so much on the offensive end. It's going to be tough for him the next few days, leading up to next few days, next few months, <laughs> next few months as the season goes along. But hopefully, he gets some help. Hopefully, the draft bodes well for them. The final game of the evening: the Sacramento Kings took on the Los Angeles Clippers. And it was the Clippers who came out victorious in the game where both Kawhi Leonard and newly acquired John Wall were out because of, you know, injury, load management, whatever you want to call it. They were out. So it was up to Paul George to power the Clippers, and exactly he did that. Paul George, he had 40 points for the fifth time during his tenure with the Los Angeles Clippers. And all those points were needed as this game went down to the wire. Two-point victory. George was the number one option. He was able to do so at a high clip. Took about 40 points. How many people had 40 points last night? It was 49 for everybody, but 40 points, six assists, six rebounds, 16 and 31 shooting. He was able to do a little bit of everything. Reggie Jackson chipped it 14 points on four or five, 100% from three-point range. Zubats chipped in 10 and 8. Luke Kennard, 17, excuse me, 11 points. A lot of these guys were doing their thing on the offensive end defensively as well. 
For the Kings, De'Aaron Fox had 36 points. Back-to-back 30-point games for De'Aaron Fox. He's someone to keep an eye on as a potential sleeper all-star if the Kings can turn their season around, which is only a few games in. But, again, some dudes, they can just have a breakout year. And De'Aaron Fox is one of those guys that for the longest, I've been a big fan since he came out of college. He's a dude that has to have improved his jump shot. Seemingly he has shooting three or five from three-point range. We'll see how sustainable that is. But he's always been quick, always been explosive off the bounce. Very John Wall-esque in terms of their play styles, both Kentucky dudes. But Keegan Murray, my rookie of the year pick, first game of the NBA season, 19 points, five rebounds, two assists, two blocks. He shot seven of ten from the field, three of six from three-point range, and two of two from the line. Rookie of the year. Uh, there's going to be a debate for sure with Paolo Bancaro, Benedict Matherin. Those are probably the two front runners, as well as Keegan Murray once he gets going. But just the poise of the veteran savviness that Keegan Murray shows off at his young age, it's going to be hard to top that, especially with the Kings, who they have a roster. They have, like, a, a solid squad. I mean, look at Fox, Kevin Herter, I mean, over from Atlanta, free agency, DeMontis Sabonis, who's an all-star. Harrison Barnes, who's a veteran presence. And you have Davion Mitchell, Rashawn Holmes, Malik Monk. Like these guys, there's some, there's some ballers. They got some guys on the Sacramento Kings roster. It'll have to come down to if they can win enough games. But Keegan Murray can definitely be the rookie of the year this coming season. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Make sure you guys rate the podcast five stars so we can move on up on the algorithm so more people can find it and tune in to us also share with family and friends subscribe put on your stories do whatever you got to do trying to get more people tuning in man got to get the numbers up but great night of basketball by all accounts lots of great surprising games in terms of some of the results especially with that dallas memphis game i thought that game would be closed down to the wire john luca would go at it but it wasn't the case. Same thing with Cleveland and Chicago to a lesser degree, but still. Some of these blowouts, man, it don't happen. NBA teams get hot. Some teams, don't. they don't have it offensively. We all understand that. But overall, great night of basketball. Can't wait for more. Until next time, guys, take care. Mm-hmm.